Priscilla from the Courtship of Miles Standish by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Read for LibriVox.org by Betsy Bush in Marquette, Michigan, February twenty first, two thousand seven. Priscilla Thus for a while he stood and mused by the shore of the ocean, thinking of many things, and most of all of Priscilla and as if thought had the power to draw to itself like the lodestone whatsoever it touches by subtle laws of its nature lo as he turned to depart priscilla was standing beside him are you so much offended you will not speak to me said she am i so much to blame that yesterday when you were pleading warmly the cause of another my heart impulsive and wayward pleaded your own and spake out forgetful perhaps of decorum certainly you can forgive me for speaking so frankly for saying what i ought not to have said yet now i can never unsay it for there are moments in life when the heart is so full of emotion that if by chance it be shaken or into its depths like a pebble drops some careless word it overflows and its secret split on the ground like water can never be gathered together. Yesterday I was shocked when I heard you speak of Miles Standish, praising his virtues, transforming his very defects into virtues, praising his courage and strength, and even his fighting in Flanders, as if by fighting alone you could win the heart of a woman, quite overlooking yourself and the rest, in exalting your hero. Therefore I spake as I did, by an irresistible impulse. You will forgive me, I hope, for the sake of the friendship between us, which is too true and too sacred to be so easily broken. Thereupon answered John Alden, the scholar, the friend of Miles Standish. I was not angry with you. With myself alone I was angry, seeing how badly I managed the matter I had in my keeping. No, interrupted the maiden, with answer prompt and decisive. No, you were angry with me for speaking so frankly and freely. It was wrong, I acknowledge, for it is the fate of a woman, long to be patient and silent, to wait like a ghost that is speechless, till some questioning voice dissolves the spell of its silence. Hence is the inner life of so many suffering women, sunless and silent and deep, like subterranean rivers, running through caverns of darkness, unheard, unseen, and unfruitful, chafing their channels of stone, with endless and profitless murmurs. Thereupon answered John Alden, the young man, the lover of women, Heaven forbid it, Priscilla, and truly they seem to me always more like the beautiful rivers that watered the Garden of Eden more like the river Euphrates, through deserts of Havila flowing, filling the land with delight and memories sweet of the garden. Ah, by these words I can see, again interrupted the maiden, how very little you prize me, or care for what I am saying. When from the depths of my heart, in pain, and with secret misgiving, frankly I speak to you, asking for sympathy only and kindness, Straightway you take up my words, that are plain and direct and in earnest. Turn them away from their meaning, and answer with flattering phrases. This is not right, is not just. 
is not true to the best that is in you. For I know and esteem you, and feel that your nature is noble, lifting mine up to a higher, a more ethereal level. Therefore I value your friendship, and feel it perhaps the more keenly, if you say aught that implies I am only as one among many. If you make use of those common and complimentary phrases, most men think so fine, in dealing and speaking with women, but which women reject as insipid, if not as insulting. Mute and amazed was Alden, and listened and looked at Priscilla, thinking he never had seen her more fair, more divine in her beauty, he who but yesterday pleaded so glibly the cause of another, stood there embarrassed and silent, and seeking in vain for an answer. So the maiden went on, and little divined or imagined what was at work in his heart that made him so awkward and speechless. Let us, then, be what we are, and speak what we think, and in all things keep ourselves loyal to truth and the sacred professions of friendship. It is no secret, I tell you, nor am I ashamed to declare it. I have liked to be with you, to see you, to speak with you always. So I was hurt at your words, and a little affronted to hear you urge me to marry your friend, though he were the Captain Miles Standish. For I must tell you the truth, much more to me is your friendship than all the love he could give, were he twice the hero you think him. Then she extended her hand, and Alden, who eagerly grasped it, felt all the wounds in his heart that were aching and bleeding so sorely, healed by the touch of that hand, and he said, with a voice full of feeling, Yes, we must ever be friends, and of all who offer you friendship, let me be ever the first, the truest, the nearest and dearest. Casting a farewell look at the glimmering sail of the Mayflower, distant but still in sight, and sinking below the horizon. Homeward together they walked, with a strange, indefinite feeling, that all the rest had departed and left them alone in the desert. But as they went through the fields, in the blessing and smile of the sunshine, lighter grew their hearts, and Priscilla said very archly, Now that our terrible captain has gone in pursuit of the Indians, where he is happier far, then he would be commanding a household. You may speak boldly, and tell me all that happened between you, when you returned last night, and said how ungrateful you found me. Thereupon answered John Alden, and told her the whole of the story, told her his own despair, and the direful wrath of Miles Standish, whereat the maiden smiled, and said between laughing and earnest, He is a little chimney, and heated hot in a moment. But as he gently rebuked her, and told her how much he had suffered, how he had even determined to sail that day in the Mayflower, and had remained for her sake, on hearing the dangers that threatened, all her manner was changed, and she said with a faltering accent, Truly I thank you for this, how good you have been to me always. Thus as a pilgrim devout, who toward Jerusalem journeys, taking three steps in advance, and one reluctantly backward, urged by importunate zeal, and withheld by pangs of contrition, slowly but steadily onward, receding yet ever advancing, journeyed this Puritan youth to the holy land of his longings, 
urged by the fervor of love, and withheld by remorseful misgivings. End of Priscilla From the Courtship of Miles Standish By Henry Wadsworth Longfellow This recording is in the public domain.